Hello, welcome to The Indomitable Woman. I'm Treva. And I'm Tracy. And welcome to our sixth episode. Today we are continuing our discussion of the uh, negative things we say to ourselves on a continuous basis. Um, Tracy and I each made a list and emailed them to each other. And last time she read my list and we discussed uh, what I, uh, the reasons why I made the list and what was behind them. And today we're discussing Tracy's list and why uh, she feels the way she does. So if Tracy is ready, we will get started. And I'd like to uh, remind, remind you that these are not my opinions of Tracy. This is just the things that she says to herself. So if Tracy is ready, I am ready. Let's go for it. All right. Tracy wrote 10 things and I will just read them. Um, you have wasted your life. You are a poor money manager. You did a bad job raising your kids. You have let yourself go physically. You have poor social skills. You will never be successful and self-sufficient. You are a stupid housewife. You have failed at everything you have tried and will continue to do so. If it weren't for your husband, you would be in poverty and you aren't a good wife. Oh, my dear. That pretty much sums it up. Uh, yeah. Some of the, the bad thoughts that enter my mind. Yeah. And are most of these on a, on a continuous basis or they just come in occasionally? I'd say not all 10 of them yeah. are continuous, but mm -hmm. over the course of a day, you know, I, at least one or two of these will pop up for sure. There's not a day that goes by, even good days, that that these thoughts don't try and sneak in. Yeah, yeah. They are, they are terrible things to say to yourself, but I say some of those same things to myself too, so I, I, I get it. Um, two of the things that stood out to me the most were numbers four and five. You said you have let yourself go physically and you have poor social skills. Now, those stood out to me because that is not my opinion of you at all. <laughs> to, me, to me, you look great. You exercise uh, in a variety of ways um, and your social skills are so much better than mine. So I don't think that would you at all. Not true, not true. So uh, what do you, what do you think that? Well, the let myself go physically, that's probably, that one has been more on my radar in the last couple of years since I was diagnosed with a hypothyroidism Yeah, and really lost energy, lost energy and gained weight. So um Gained. Well, I can't tell that you gained weight. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm only five one, and so <laughs> so every pound is like ten pounds when you're that short. And I I can't see it on you, my friend. Well, I appreciate that, but I definitely feel it, and a lot of my clothes don't fit anymore, and it's it's just um, and I'm on medication now that was mm -hmm. supposed to kind of at least keep it in check, but it mm -hmm. really hasn't so much and um so it's it's been a change for me not to have energy and not and to gain weight because I pretty much more or less stayed at 
the same weight for for many years and and put on oh um almost 20 pounds within two years so so yeah it was it's it's been it's been depressing for me and i and i do exercise i'm not as um I don't exercise as in- intensely as I used to. I now I just walk and do yoga, yeah. but um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what started that thought. That thought going through my mind is ever since I've um, ever since I moved to Texas and and got diagnosed shortly after I moved here. It's just been a struggle. Gosh. And then the social skills. Um, that's mainly because I'm kind of a hermit <laughs> and I just need to, to get out more. Um, I do like people, but, uh, and I enjoy being around people, but I also like my own time too. So, and sometimes I envy people that ju- just seem to have it, you know, that seem to say the right things and do the right things in social settings. And, and it's, it's something I have to work at. It doesn't come naturally to me. Well, I have to say, if, if you think you're a hermit, then what am I? My goodness. I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't even like being around people all that much. And I feel so terrible for saying that. But, uh, yeah, I'm a natural hermit, too. And I, I love my alone time and downtime. And it's it's very calming to me. Yes. Yes. I agree. And, uh, your husband, though, is very sociable and outgoing. Is that difficult sometimes, living with someone who's very sociable? He, he is sociable, but he's kind of a a hidden introvert too. He, uh, when we moved here to this, this house, um, in this neighborhood, I wanted to have like our immediate neighbors over for dinner. And, and I did, I invited them all kind of one couple at a time. And, um, and he was never too excited about that. He's, he, he is not, um, He's not as, as social as you might think, <laughs> but he can be when he's putting that in, when he's put in a situation, he's much more talkative than I am. Yeah. So he'll, he will step up to the plate, but when it comes to inviting people over and initiating social things, I probably do that more than him. Really? That surprises me. I've always thought of him as a very extroverted outgoing person. Yeah, he, he can be in the situation, but but he, um, yeah, he won't usually initiate it. Hmm. Okay. Um, and the first thing you wrote down is you have wasted your life. Why do you feel that way? Well, I'm 47 and I really have no marketable skills. I guess I base it mainly on career. And I, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't, you know, look at my, the whole picture. But basing my life on career, I have not. Um, I went down several rabbit holes pursuing different things, but I've never really come away with with any major marketable skill that would be something where I could um, get a job and, and support myself, say. So that's, that's, I, I kind of base it on that, that I have not spent my time wisely and, and gotten some sort of skill where, you know, God forbid something should happen and I'm on my own and, and I have to support myself. 
it would be a real struggle. Yes, I, 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 I'm right there with you, sister. That goes along with you also said, you'll never be successful and self-sufficient. You have failed at everything you tried and will continue to do so. Oh, my dear, that is not true at all. Yeah, it's that's true. I guess those, you're, those do all go together. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have, I know it's very easy to consider yourself a failure. Um, if, if you've tried several different things and none of them have worked out, I'm in the same position. But um, if there's anything I could say, it would be that you really need to change your mindset about that. Um, you are, have a curious mind. You're curious about a great many things. So you took classes or courses or got involved in something in a little way simply because you were interested in it. Um, and none of them had to turn into a career, you know, none of them had to. Right. Um, it would be nice if they had, but none <laughs> of them had to, you know, but um, there are no people who aren't interested in learning anything new, you know? Mm -hmm. That's true. I do too. Just do whatever it is they're doing and they have no outside interests and um, kind of robotic at all. Yes, yes. So I would not say that you have failed at everything. You've had many different interests and you've pursued those your interest in something until it no longer interested you. Right. And now, I guess uh, that one of the things is sometimes I would get so close to the finish line and I would yeah. just kind of, and I think it was a fear, maybe a fear of failure and a fear of success. And I would get so close, you know, to finishing this or finishing that. And then I would just back away or, you know, yeah. just, it, and it, and I look back on it and it makes no sense. But at the time it made perfect sense to me that, you know, yeah. I just, I talked myself out of, I guess I taught myself out of success or, or taught myself out of completing a goal, maybe just for, for fear of, of the risk and the change that it would bring about in my life and, yes. and complacency and, and maybe apathy and maybe even laziness. And it could be, I don't know, it's probably a mixture of a lot of things, but, but yeah, I look back and I, and I think, you know, you always, you spent this much money and um, got so close to, to finishing what you started. And then you just put your tail between your legs and, and went back in your room and went back to your house and went back to your life and you were afraid of change. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you, is that something you actually believe of yourself or is that just something someone else has said to you? It's both. both. It's both. Yeah. I think, um, cause now when I look back at the time, you know, yeah. I, it was, it seemed like I said perfectly sensible to me. But as I look back, I, I think, um, yeah, it's it's me, you know, feeling that way, and and also there was pressure from you know other family members to sometimes to pursue things that I wasn't interested in, right? Because this right. this made the most money, or this this was the most sensible 
you know, be, be sensible, don't do anything outside of the box. And, and there are times mm -hmm. that I kind of ventured down that road. And yeah, yeah, uh, I get it. Um, you have um, self sabotaged yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A fear of many different things, as you said, it's a fear of failure and a fear of success, you know, which is sounds kind of funny if you've never heard that before. But if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because once you become successful at, at doing something, the expectation is you continue to remain successful at it. Right. Right. You know, and that's a lot of work. And it is. It is. Yeah. And it and your self perception will change once you are successful in something. Your your image of yourself will change. You know, mm -hmm. and change is scary. It <laughs> is. It is. And, and yeah. I always thought, you know, that I'm this person that embraces change and wants to, you know, live life to the fullest. But then when it comes down to the wire, and it's starting to get real. And my life yeah. is about to get shaken up. That's when I get scared. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I am right there with you. I totally understand. Um, you only had ten things on your list, and um, you say you are a stupid housewife and you aren't a good wife. Now, you do not have to go into any details or reveal something you don't wish to reveal, but why generally do you have those thoughts about yourself? Um, and that, that probably goes back also to um, career and career. wasted yeah. years and all that you know how to do is run a vacuum you know, and I have thought those things. I think I think that one probably way too often that, you know, you can't, you're not smart enough to do anything else. You know how to clean your house and and take care of your dog, and that's about your skill set. Well, that is not true. Um, as far as housekeeping skills, your house was always so neat and clean um well thank you you're you raised two children to adulthood and they are living their lives and that's an accomplishment in and of itself you know you didn't kill your children yes so, yes it's, it's, um, it's yeah they, they are one is still one is still a work in progress but yeah it's um and you know how it is too because you have one about the same yeah. age as one of mine so it's yeah, it's it's a challenge. Yeah. And, you know, it's I have thought the same thing about myself because I was a stay at home mom for a number of years myself. And there were certainly days and I thought I, I know how to run a vacuum cleaner and yeah, right. I, I take my son to school and back home. And that's about it. Yeah. And, and but, you know, I, I know other women who, who stay at home and. They, I have never thought that about them. I have never thought, well, that's all they can do. Right. I agree. But um, some of my thought process was because I wasn't appreciated in the role of oh, wife. Yeah. And that's, that was a big part of that thought process. I think if I would have been made to feel like I was important, like I was doing a job that was important, then that would have been different. But, but no. Uh, I, I get it. I get it. I had a, 
a family member uh, who had been um, a stay-at-home mom and, and wife for quite a long time. And she, she said, you know, if I ever had to go back in the workforce, I don't know what I would do. All I know how to do is cook and clean. Mm. And it, that, that wasn't true of her either. Right. But it's easy to think mm -hmm. of yourself that way when that is, that takes up the majority of your time. And your part, your partner doesn't right. value what you do. It doesn't see it as work. Right. But mm -hmm. I mean, the, taking care of a home and raising kids and taking care of a dog is hard work. It is. It yeah. is. It's more work yeah. than I think people realize or, you know, some people realize. Oh, yeah. It is. So you have not been deficient in that area, my friend. Well, thank you. Um, you say you are a poor money manager, and if it weren't for your husband, you would be in poverty. I do not think that is true, but you tell me why you say that to yourself. Um, well, uh, let's see. I've been five years this year, and we, you know, we've Oh my yes, gosh. yes. We've had financial ups and downs and and my husband has always been a good provider and and I have not contributed much. You know, I had little jobs here and there, but I've not contributed much financially to our bottom line. And um and I've always been the one that pays the bills and that um pretty much manages all of our money. He does he definitely takes a completely hands-off approach and that's and it's both a blessing and a curse because um i did not come from a background of good money management what i saw modeled for me growing up was exactly the opposite and um, i had those tendencies too to spend and and not keep up with my spending and um spend on silly things that we didn't need and not save and and that stuff always comes back to bite you. So, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that situation all too well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it can take a year to get yourself, um, you know, to of spending or even less than a year of, of, of not keeping up and, you know, and, and poor money management. And you can be, and it'll take you 10 years to make up for that one year or so. Yes. So yeah, I'm older and wiser and still learning, you know, about money management. Even to this day, I still make mistakes. And but now, you know, I'm, I'm quicker to see when I'm going in a wrong direction and, and course correct. But yes. if I could go back, you know, for, to the beginning, there are so many things that I would do differently. I would save more for our retirement. You know, we're definitely could use more in that area and just um, just make better money choices that would have made our lives even easier right now. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I do. Um, I wish that I would have learned, you know, better money management early on because it would definitely have made a difference today. Me too. And, did you have parents who tried to teach you about money? Because mine no, didn't. No, no. I mean, not at all. They they were poor money managers themselves. They filed bankruptcy. Um, you know, we moved from rental house to rental house, and um, you know, it just um, they weren't they weren't bad people. They just um, they had money and they spent it, and that was that. Yeah. So, I understand. So. Yeah. 
my, my parents were the opposite. They weren't spenders at all. They were the other extreme, extreme savers. And uh, it's, it's good to save and invest, but you also occasionally need to spend right. some money to, right. to, to have enjoy fun. life. They didn't do any of that. So I grew up with parents mm -hmm. who more involved in anything and I wasn't involved in any activities mm -hmm. and you know it, which is another reason why I had such poor social skills and um yeah so I, I learned from them I don't want to be like that I don't want to hoard everything. right right <laughs> I ended up marrying a man who did the same things <laughs> so, ironically what yes uh, imagine that <laughs> uh, so um my um you mentioned that your husband so has been a good provider but he was hands off when it comes to paying bills and spending the money my my ex-husband was not he, well, he was a good provider but he definitely also managed the money and, and dictated where it went okay. including giving me an allowance which i resented yes, i remember um, that he, he did not give me access to the to the accounts <laughs> so i didn't know how much we ever had in the account mm. and, you know and with an allowance you can't you know go crazy spending right. money uh, but you know i'd make sure I, at the beginning of the week i would get an allowance on monday and i was told if you spend it all on friday you won't have anything and you were the one in charge of your son's costs too right yeah, out of your allowance uh, yeah, uh, out of my weekly allowance came, I had to buy the, the weekly groceries and put any gas in my car and any lunch money for my son mm -hmm. or a, a toy that he might have wanted right. or new shoes right. that he might have needed, yeah. you know. And, um, Did you have any say on the amount of that allowance? No. <laughs> no. So, yeah, that's – and then when we divorced six years ago – I, as part of the agreement, I was given, you know, left some money and then I had my own job and all of a sudden I had more money than I'd ever had before right, in my life. Right. There was no one around to control it, you know, and uh, there was no one around telling me what I could and could spend it on. So I ended up spending all of it. And now I, as you said, it comes back to bite you and I, I'm got myself into the situation I'm in right now, but you know, like you, I have learned some things. I'm better able to spot um, mistakes and I'm aware of, of mistakes I've made and I'm aware of it going into the future. And um, yeah, it's, you live exactly. in your, you know? Exactly. And um, well, I don't think you are a failure, my friend, at all. I think you have a lot going for you. Um, you are about to, I, I guess you're about to start um, on a new part-time job, and then you are, you're already working, what, two days a week? I am. So this will be the second part-time job. It's just, um, it's just uh, substituting, so it will be kind of, you know, random, I suppose, but... Um, but I'm getting out there and um, and I'm I'm both excited about it and um, a little weary, but but it will be a good thing. 
Yeah, it will. And it will lead to more good things. Right. I truly believe that. Yeah. I truly believe that good things can come out of adversity. I don't necessarily believe that everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that good things can come out of bad situations or adversity. I agree. I know I've learned some lessons since I've been in the situation I'm currently in, and uh, I will take those into the future with me. And uh, I, I think, I believe that things are going to turn around for me and will, will continue to do so. And I believe they will for you too. I think things will start, more and more things will start looking up for you. 2021 will be our year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it will. Darn it. We exactly. It. We to the universe we set an intention 2021 will be our year for success good things will happen and on that note just just a quick little aside um you've had some really some really um neat and interesting things happen to you lately that are that are good things that were unexpected completely yes um excuse me Yes, uh, the month of January was a, a unusual month. <laughs> um, at the beginning of the month, um, my mom is helping me out financially right now, and which is wonderful of her to do, and I truly appreciate her help. But it can be, get stressful for her because she has her own bills and own, own things to pay for. And um, she and I kind of got into a, a, an argument um, about something I would like to do that may not be, may not take off right away. I may not make money from it right away. You know, it would have to build up gradually. And anyway, I was very upset and I, I stayed that way for a couple of days. And then I decided that I would change my mindset. I, my mind shift changed. I sat down and I calmed down. And I closed my eyes and I said out loud to the universe, I put it out there. There is an abundance in the world. There is an abundance of money. There is money waiting for me. And that's all I said. And after that, I can't <laughs> not for the, for the rest of January, I received my $600 stimulus check. I uh, found a mutual fund that I had completely forgotten that I had. Um, I found, I think it was another IRA from another job that I didn't know that I had. Um, And I received a check from a a credit card that I had closed. They had uh, adjusted my account and I received a check for a dollar twenty-three. It was only a dollar twenty-three. And um I think there was something else with that too. Yeah, it was Gosh, several things I, I had, remember. Yeah, there, there were several things and, and all around money. And they just kept coming and coming. And um I, I had received a bill from the IRS that I had not paid enough taxes. So I had that bill to pay. I had a small doctor's bill to pay and I had one credit card left that to pay and, and and all of a sudden I had enough money to pay all of those so awesome. and with some leftover and it was it was crazy yes. and 
that all happened within about a few days after I set that intention out loud. The key, you have to say it out loud and you have to believe right. it. You can't just say it. It's like, oh, yeah. oh well, yeah, it, m- money will come to me. Yeah, no, you can't say it that way. You have to truly believe it and say it out loud. And it works. And uh, <laughs> apparently it does. <laughs> So I, I think I'll, if today's February 1st, I think I will try it for this yes, month. Yes, I think you should. I think you should. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I joked around and said I should buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> no. uh, I, I know, I, I know. Can't hurt. So, uh, yeah, uh, as I said, I, I recently found uh, another IRA that I forgot I had. And there's some money in that, too. And uh, there's a... a class I've been thinking of taking that would pay for most of it or I could use it to do some things I've been wanting to do I've been wanting to go back to my main mm-hmm. name that requires a little bit of money and going to court but I could withdraw some of that money right. into it mm-hmm. you know my car needs to needs a checkup but you know I could pay for that you know things like that I so I do have a little bit of money available to me to do these things and that's a nice to. feeling it is, and it isn't very much, but still, it, it right. is some, and um, it, it is there if I need it, and um, it's, I would have had more had I been a better money manager, but <laughs> I have I get it, so. I get that, I get that. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I totally get what you're saying, I, I wish I'd had better money management skills too, but then, you know, I wasn't taught right. those skills. And either by my parents or at school. No, you know? and, and I think they're doing that now more because um, I know mine, both of my kids had um, a money management class in high school. And yeah, oh, and I never, awesome. I never had that option. So I wish I would have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and my, I don't know about yours, but my parents were very protective. They didn't let me do anything, not even work in, in high school, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, I, I, I would see these other girls with their checking accounts and they had their own checks with their own names on them and I had jobs and I was yeah. so envious. I was like, yeah, I, I wish I had a checking account with, with, and checks with my name on them. Yeah, it <laughs> does help if them. you have your own job. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to spend it wisely. I certainly did not, but um, yeah. I did. But you learned, you do, you, you do. You and I did have to pay my own car note and. So that may, you know, yeah. at least I knew I always had to set that money aside. So the rest of it, you know, who knows yeah. what I did with it, but I did always pay my car note. Yeah. So it teaches you responsibility. It teaches you a little bit about money. Like you always have to have money aside mm-hmm. for your car payment, you know? So, yeah. But, you know, as I said that, you know, when I was young and, and a kid, my parents didn't teach me anything, but the, the decisions I've made about money since I, I've been an adult are totally yeah. mine. Yeah, I, you know, I'm yeah, that's me too. I mine. mean, there was definitely a point when I should have known better, and I just kept on being foolish. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, but you know, exactly. you live and you learn, and you know, for some of us, it takes a little bit longer to learn. Some things, but that's <laughs> we're okay. not dead yet, so. No, we're not dead yet. Our story's <laughs> so, not over. Uh, you, you never, you never stop learning until you're dead. So hopefully that won't be exactly. for a long time. But, but um, 
anyway, well, I just want to say none of these things you said yourself are true, my friend. They are not. Um, and, you know, as far as your kids are concerned, they are adults now. And any decisions they make are theirs. Yeah. And I remind myself of yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, I know it's hard to think of them as adults on their own. Um, and as a, as a parent, you do feel some responsibility for them. But um, yeah, that's, that's another thing. That's how you learn is taking responsibility, is making mistakes yeah. and learning from them and facing the consequences. Actions. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. But uh, we're we're getting better, both of us. And uh, I think going into the future, we'll be much, we'll be in much better situations. I think so too. I think it's kind of a, a second act. Yeah, a second act. Exactly. I, I love that idea. You're exactly right. Well, um, if you are. Uh, don't have anything more to add to today's episode. We will end it there. Do you have anything? I else think that's like it. I think we covered all my 10, 10 thoughts. And now next time we can do something positive out with the negative in with the positive. Yes. yes, that is a wonderful idea. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening today. Uh, this will be the last episode of our first season. We're going to end it on with six episodes. And Tracy and I will take a little time to regroup and think about the next season and how we want to do things. And we'll probably make a few changes, but I want to thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And I want to thank Tracy for opening up and being vulnerable today. I know that's difficult to do, but this is a safe place for her and for me and for anybody. And I hope you, my friend, have a good day and a good week. And I hope you start thinking better of yourself and stop seeing such horrible well, things. Today was very helpful. Today was very helpful. Sometimes talking about it is just is it is very cathartic, and and it makes you realize, hey, why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah, and remember, they are not true. Even if someone tells you they are, well, they are wrong. You. So. Very good episode. Well, um, yes. Um, well, thank you very much. And on that note, we will end today and we will see you next thank time. You. Thank bye you. Bye-bye. So